Ready, go. What's up? My name is Brandon. You're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. I'm a 36-year-old Texan guy who uh, started a little business down in San Juan del Sur about four years ago. Well, I didn't start it. I teamed up with someone who uh, had already kind of been working in the industry. His name is Zach, and together we run and manage a sailboat charter business. Um, It's on the Pacific coast of Nicaragua, and it's growing into a tourist-type town. It's kind of a double-edged sword because we kind of want it to grow so we can grow, but then we don't because we don't want to end up in a tourist town. So we'll kick it here for a while and uh, see what happens. I try to do this podcast as frequently as I can. I have an extremely busy schedule. I'm just kidding. I don't. But I do it as much as I can. I'm learning that it's real easy to record them, but it just takes forever to edit them because I'm always like, um, um, yeah, uh, 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 clear my throat. And I got to go cut all that out and then line everything up. And then that's not the most fun part. So if you're out there and you want to edit podcasts, I bet we could work something out. Let me know. You can check out my blog at brandontheharper.blogspot.com. I typically only write when I'm traveling, but every now and then I'll write something or post some pictures of some stuff that I've photoed. Life's pretty good down here. It's uh, We have a lot of free time. And so... I've just recently started swimming for exercise. I brought home some goggles because I tried to swim laps. That was a text message from heaven. I uh, I tried to swim laps before I went back home and got these goggles, and I just couldn't do it. The chlorine was burning my eyes, and it sucked. So it was a perfect excuse for me to not swim laps. Well, then I ordered the goggles from Amazon. I got home. I got back here, and I like tried them on, and they fit good, and they don't leak. So I have zero excuses for not swimming laps. So I'm trying to get out there at least twice a day, uh, once in the morning, once in the evening, and also I still work out at the gym where it is a hot box. I need to take a thermometer in there because I, I bet it's close to 98, 99 degrees. It's just an oven. It's got a big metal roof, and whatever's inside there just cooks. So I just got finished swimming some laps and thought I'd do a quick podcast before... Um, well, let me back up a little. I just got back from the States. I went home for about two weeks for a family reunion, which was awesome. I know a lot of people don't like family reunions and they have awkward moments with second cousins and great aunts and all that. But our family is very cool. We're all very close. It goes all the way from Atlanta, um, down through central Texas. And, um, we get together once a year. Well, we used to get together a lot more than that, but we had like the official family reunion was once a year. And boy, you are not supposed to miss that thing. But it's fun, so I don't like I don't want to miss it. I'm happy to go. So I went home for a couple of weeks, went to that. I went and spent four or five days with my buddy Gerald out in East Texas, and that was awesome. We um hung out and we cooked crawfish and we drank beer and we barbecued and ate caveman meals. And I'm sure Brooke was very much ready for me to go by the time I left because Gerald was pretty much hanging out with Brandon twenty four seven. But she was awesome to let me borrow him. For a few days. But as I was driving around Texas, I, I landed in Houston and then I spent a couple nights in the Houston area. Then I drove out to Shreveport to meet one of my other cousins for a night. And then we went to the family reunion in Nacogdoches. And I went from Nacogdoches to my mom's house in Fort Worth. And then I went from Fort Worth back to Longview to see Gerald and then Longview back to Fort Worth. And then I flew out. So I ran the roads quite a bit. And driving out there in East Texas, made me realize that I do miss it more than I thought that I really did. You know, I uh, drove around with the windows down and smoked a few cigars on the road. 
and I just took it all in. And I, uh, one of the moments of clarity that I really did miss it was when I was coming down one of these back roads in East Texas, and I came up on this truck. And as I approached the truck, all you could see was just piles of scrap metal just piled up in the back of it. Random car parts, refrigerators, like, you know, being from the area, you can identify a scrap metal man just from a mile away. And so this guy was in the right lane, and I was approaching him in the left lane, and he was going about 15 or 20 miles under the speed limit. And I looked at the back of that truck, and I, and I just pictured who was driving the truck, and I nailed it. And that's not through coincidence, or it's not through luck. It's because I've seen it time and time again. And so as I approached the truck, I thought to myself, uh, this is going to be two middle-aged to older black men. One of them may or may not have a stocking cap on his head. The windows are going to be down, and they've probably got a beer in the console. More than likely, it's a Miller High Life or maybe uh, Pearl or something like that. Not 40s, not, nothing like that, just a big, tall 24-ounce can. And sure enough, cigarettes hanging out their lips, and sure enough, I pulled up to them, and I, I got like all of that right. Of course, I couldn't see in the console, but we just have to assume that there was a beer in there. Two older black men smiling, laughing, having a good time, You know, probably listening to some old Merle Haggard or something like that. And I thought to myself, man, these are the guys that I miss. Like, I miss seeing that. And, and I would love to sit down and have a beer with those guys. Just old black men that drive around and pick up scrap metal. And if you're from Texas, especially East Texas, you know. You know exactly what I'm talking about, and you have a picture in your head. So that is what I miss about being here in Nicaragua. Or It's one of the things, and it makes me appreciate it more. I just saw those guys, and it, it made my day. I, I wanted to pull over and drink a beer with them. But it didn't. It didn't happen. I also miss the uh, super smooth roads, and um, I've driven before, you know, around Texas, and I'm complaining about the roads are bumpy and these potholes. But you don't know bumpy, and you don't know potholes until you've been to Central America, driving around in the third world, in a galloper with a shot suspension that rattles your teeth out everywhere you go. And so, man, that big Ford on the open road going 85 miles an hour, tires just humming. It was like music to my ears. I really started to appreciate that. <laughs> so just it's funny how little things like you don't um, you don't appreciate them until you've lost them and then you've regained them. So that'll always be there. That's something that uh, will never go away. But before I left to go back to the states, we did a uh, Gringo grocery run where I live, uh, the little town of San Juan del Sur. It's only a population of about 15,000 people, so the grocery store is very limited. They have the basic necessities, you know, rice, toilet paper, chicken, meat. They have plenty to get by, but do you want, like, a, a rack of spare ribs? No. I mean, they, they don't have anything like that. Beef tenderloin on occasion, but they're super tiny, and they're not, not big, uh, big juicy tenderloins like we're used to. Uh, so Lindsay, Jamie, and myself loaded up in Lindsay's car, and we drove to Managua, and I volunteered to be the driver. Because otherwise, the driver, like you can hire someone to drive the car, and it costs 20 bucks a day. So I agreed to drive the vehicle so we wouldn't have to pay a driver. Now, the reason you'd want to hire a driver is because it's kind of stressful driving in uh, Managua. Like, there's not many rules. Everyone cuts you off. Everyone speeds. There's a bunch of crazy roundabouts. It is stressful. But I, I don't mind it that much. But I, I don't like coming back at night when it's dark because people will walk and ride their bikes in the middle of the road. And I don't see how more people aren't just smashed on the side of the road. So anyway, Jamie, Lindsay, and I uh, load up in Lindsay's car. And its name is Fancy. 
although it's a very ironic name. <laughs> like I'm one to talk. The Galloper is nothing but fancy. Oh, I'm sorry. The Galloper is everything but fancy, but it's not named fancy. So we load up. It's like super early in the morning, I think, like 7 o'clock, 7.30. Some of these details may be a little messed up. It's, it's been about four weeks now <laughs> since this trip happened. But anyway, we loaded up. And we're driving. Everything's good. All of a sudden, I look, and the temperature gauge is just pegged. The red light's on. It's running super high. And we're far between gas stations. And I'm just like, well, we got to keep going. You know, we got to make it to a gas station and figure out what's going on. So then all of a sudden, it died. It overheated. We pulled over on the side of the road, and um, we looked around. We had no water uh, to put in the radiator. I opened the radiator cap, and it was bone dry. There was nothing in it. So... Luckily, and this is the way things work in Nicaragua, I'll never understand, but this is how stuff always goes down. So across the road, well, there was a crazy guy that was standing there leaning against a signpost just smiling from ear to ear at us. And you could tell he wasn't quite right, so uh, he didn't ask to help, and we didn't want his help or anything. But kind of through the woods, we're looking around, and we start to walk to you know one direction down the road to try to find someone to get some water to put in the radiator, and this boy and his dad come bounding out of the woods with a white, uh, like a bleach bottle over their head, you know, showing us, like, we've got water. Chances are your hood's open. Chances are your car's overheated. So they, they nailed it. He showed up, and, like, he had this jug. And I guarantee you this jug has probably been used for the water jug to refill radiators for probably 15 years. They, like, strategically placed a little uh, line on it, like a little piece of rope, that went out around the handle, big enough so you could easily just kind of put it around your shoulder and carry it a long distance full of water. And so they brought it over, and we finally got the radiator full. It was, like, super hot. It was spewing water forever, so everything cooled down. We got it filled up. And then we went ahead and pulled over to um, the mechanic, who was luckily not far, maybe, um, I don't know, a couple hundred meters behind us. And so we went back there, and he um, was looking at the battery, and the battery cables were kind of loose, so he tightened those. And then he put uh, put a bunch of antifreeze in the radiator. And um, he said the, the reason the water was burning off or something, it was too hot. I don't know what his reason was, but either way, we put the antifreeze in it, took off down the road. Um, then we got to our first stop, which was we were going to stop and get some coffee. And we we're walking into the coffee place. And uh, this is in Managua. It's been about a four-hour trip right now. It should have only been two, but we had the issue along the way. So maybe three and a half to get there. Anyway, so we walk in, and, and in order to walk into the coffee shop, you have to walk kind of through the patio of this upper-end furniture store. And they sell, like, you know, hardwood, uh, lumber-made furniture, teak and mahogany, all that stuff. Well, we walk in, and I we open the doors to this little patio area, and it was like... If I could imagine what my face looks like whenever St. Peter opens the gates and I see heaven, that's the look that was on my face. And because I saw a big green egg. And if you know me, you know how important those are to me. <laughs> so I told my, and it's funny because I was thinking about it like three days earlier. I was like, man, if I could find one down here and if it's U.S. prices, I'll buy it. Like I'll, I'll just bite the bullet and do it. Sure enough, we go to talk to the lady. 
Uh, the price is the exact same as the U.S., and they threw in a couple accessories, and I bought a table. And so he walked in to buy a cup of coffee, and he walked out with a big green egg. It was, it was the greatest day that I've had in Nicaragua probably so far. They even agreed to deliver it for free to San Juan del Sur, which is two and a half hours, provided their truck didn't break down. The next morning, I get a call. Um, they show up, and they... Well, the night before, there's a, uh, a Toyota Land Cruiser that lived up the hill past me. And so I went down to go meet the furniture, I mean, the furniture guys who had the big green egg. And as I was going down, I came out of my driveway, and I turned down the hill, and I look, and there's a Toyota Land Cruiser lying on its side, halfway blocking the road. And my first thought was, oh, no, they're not going to be able to get the truck up past this thing. <laughs> and uh, luckily, there's no one in it, and I guess whoever was in it, ran off because he was probably drunk and so I kind of weasel past it and I go meet the guys in town because you don't you can't really give directions to your house it's just it's just easier to meet them I promise I'm not good at giving directions in Spanish and they're not good at following directions even if they're given 100% accurately in perfect Spanish they're still just not good at directions (laughs) so I went down I met with them they followed me back up and they were like, first, like, oh, man, they got out and they're scratching their head and they're looking there at that Toyota Land Cruiser that flipped over. And I said, you think you can squeeze through there? And at first they were like, no, 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 no way, no way. Because it was kind of tight, like where the Land Cruiser had fallen and there was a, a kind of a hill on the other side of the tree, so it just wasn't much room. And the other guy looked at the driver and goes, yeah, you know, I think you can make it. You can do it. Come on. So he kind of talked his buddy into it, and they were just plowing through trees, knocking branches off. He didn't care, and that, I didn't care either. So we got up to the house. Um, they assembled the whole thing. It was great, and they left. But, um, yeah, it made me happy. So then the, that night I had a bunch of friends over, and we tested it out. and It, it works okay. I'm going to keep, keep trying it, though, because I want to make sure it's perfect. But it was, uh, it was pretty good. We did, like, a beef tenderloin and a bunch of other goodies. But the, uh, the trip to Managua... Not only did it cost me a big green egg, but I ended up spending either 280 or $300, or maybe $380, I don't know, in groceries. And what happens is you go to Costco. Well, they call it Price Mart, but it's like owned by Costco. It's the same type thing. And you just start buying like in excess because you're like, oh, man, oh, they got uh, pork spare ribs. Yeah, I'll take five racks of those. And, oh, they come family value packs of three. Well, I better go ahead and just get two. And before you know it, you've got tons and tons of groceries and that's what I did so we were going to check out and I guess I'm the only person in the world that didn't know that Costco only took American Express so when I went there I was thinking well I'll just pay with my debit card or credit card or something well nope they didn't take it so I had to like go to the ATM and pull out the cash and go back and and pay with the cash even Lindsay and Jamie were going to spot me and uh, they didn't have enough to cover it so I uh, learned my lesson there. But I, I at first I was like, yeah, I should come here once a month. And I'm like, no way. If I go there once a month, like I'll end up spending way too much money on a bunch of groceries. But it was nice to get some of the taste of home and some stuff that you can't get here in San Juan or, or in Rivas. We also battled a um, power steering failure um, and a brake failure. And those two are related because the power steering system and the brake system run off the same fluid. So I was turning the wheel, making a turn, and I hear a whining sound, and I knew I was power steering. You know, and then before I could get to where we were going, the next spot, there you go, the brakes are failing on me. So we whip into a gas station and get that sorted out. Did all our shopping. Uh, it took way longer than what we expected. 
and then we actually also stopped and looked at a couple of trucks um, for me that I was thinking about buying because I'm dying to get rid of the Galloper. I still haven't gotten rid of it, and I'm about to just give it away. But anyway, we um, get back on the road, and then another light comes on. It says automatic transmission temperature. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Like, here it is dark. We're in the middle of nowhere. Fancy is going to fart out on us, and we're going to be hosed. But luckily, it was just through some hills. I think we had, like, four times the weight coming home as we did going there because of all the groceries that we had. So Fancy's tongue was hanging out, climbing up and down the hills. But once we got into some flatlands and going downhill, she cooled off and got me back to the house. Talking about the uh, crazy man standing on the side of the road whenever we were broke down made me kind of realize that I think, well, I don't know, one of two things. I see a lot of crazy people down here that I typically wouldn't see in the States. I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if there's more crazy people here or not, or they just kind of let them run free and they don't like keep them in captivity like we do in the States. And so I'm fine with that. Like, I don't mind crazy people. I actually kind of, I kind of enjoy like a crazy person hanging around, not, not like poking fun of them, but it makes things interesting. And I'm like, I'll sit there and talk to a crazy person. You know, as long as they're capable of talking, I'll sit there and talk to them. And also like the, um, the, there's drunk people here that like bums and they walk around town and they just are hammered all day. And that's like, that's one thing that I associate with San Juan. Or I like it. Like I like those guys. It makes me feel like I know I'm in San Juan when I see the bums. And there's like a couple corners where they hang out. And they drink this liquor called Hoyita. I don't know how it's made. I suspect it's some kind of sugarcane um, liquor. And they get so drunk they can't walk. And they try to talk. And then one day you'll see them fighting. And they'll just be destroying each other, punch each other in the face. And then like within two minutes later, they're covered in blood, just hugging, laughing, smiling, high-fiving, you know, throwing dice. They play card games. It's just like it's such a funny deal to watch. I love it. Uh, last night I stopped to get a bite to eat, and there was one of them hanging out of the little taco joint. And he, I mean, I don't know what he was saying. My Spanish is pretty good. But whenever he laughed, I just started laughing. Whenever he put his knuckles up, I just hit him. And, like, by the end of the night, like, we were best friends, and it was hilarious. So uh, that's kind of the bum culture. And then they, um, you see them in the morning, like, if you're up and moving around, is earlier, as late as 8 or 9 o'clock. They just pass out wherever they, wherever they stop is where they sleep and piled up on each other on sidewalks. Like I've got a picture of um, probably three of them all laid up on each other, man. It's the funniest thing. It's not like it's cold and they got to keep each other warm. I just think that one of them passes out and the other one's like, damn, I should use his leg as a pillow. And then, so he does that. And then another guy walks up. He's like, Oh man, there's a pillow. And he puts his head in the other guy's leg. And then you, before you, you just got a pile of bums and people just walk around them. They step around them. No one jacks with them. It's hilarious. It makes me feel good to know that, like, one day, if I ever end up, like, things go really, really wrong, I would be happy kicking it with those bums. It's kind of scary to have that backup plan. But when I think about it, I was like, you know what? Those guys, their lives aren't that bad. I mean, there's certain people that would say that they are bad, but I guarantee you those guys are happy. I mean, I just think they are. They smile a lot, and they play games. They play baseball in the middle of the road with, like, a stick and a ball of foil. And then they'll get into a fight, and then they'll be playing baseball again. It's funny. So anyway, that's that's kind of my thought. There's, <clears throat> I didn't mean to spin off on the bum tangent, but you see more crazy people around. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know. I, there's plenty of reasons why it could happen, but 
it's just something that I've noticed. So last night I went out and uh, met some friends for a couple of drinks, and I ran into Jerry, who, if you listen to one of the other podcasts, he's um, probably one, if not the most interesting person that I've ever gotten to know well. And for on like so many levels, he's just he's funny. He's got a ton of stories. Uh, he's got a huge heart. Like he's taken in lots of people. He's helped lots of people. And when you think of people in the world and people say, I really don't care what anyone thinks. Like I'm going to do what I want to do. And I know that's kind of cliche. And there's a lot of like hippies that say that. But Jerry is one of the few people that I can honestly say does or doesn't do exactly what he wants or does not want to do. And I like respect that to the nth degree. Because if he wants to sleep to 1 o'clock in the afternoon, he will sleep to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. If he wants to party till 4 o'clock in the morning, that's exactly what he'll do. He and his wife Karen go to this huge backpacker party called Sunday Funday every week, and they call it church. <laughs> and so they go there, and they party with these 19-year-olds, and they give them hell. Like, they, they outdo them all. I don't know how they do it. I guess it's lots of practice. But anyway, they go, and everyone loves them. I think that they're, like, honorary forever members of Sunday Funday. Like, they don't buy tickets anymore because they're just, it's a blessing to, <laughs> to have them at your event. And they're everywhere. They don't, I don't know if they sleep because they'll be at one event one night and then out another night. And then everywhere you go, there they are, just kicking it. And then you'll see them at 4 o'clock in the morning. And it's, it's just awesome because they don't care. They just do whatever makes them happy. And they are retired. All their work's behind them. They did good. They saved. And like now they're, they're enjoying their retirement. Probably like 90% of people wish they could do it. And I've got to give it to them. Like they saw something they wanted to do and they went and did it. And so Jerry and I have gotten to be pretty good buddies. So I ran to him last night and Karen, his wife was coming back from Costa Rica today. And I was like, Hey, you want to try to do a podcast uh, tomorrow? And so, yeah, he agreed to it and he doesn't have a phone. They have one phone between Karen and Jerry. He's like, I don't like phones. I don't want to have a phone and I don't like phones. So I'm not going to have one. And I'm like, that is so cool. I, I've always said that you know your life is fun or you're satisfied with it whenever you can just not have a cell phone. And if someone needs to get in touch with you, they can get in touch with one of your people. They don't, they don't need to get in touch with you. And so that's how Jerry operates. No cell phone. He's not, he's not even exactly sure how to work one. He had an iPhone, he was telling me, when they first came out. But I, I kind of get the feeling that he you know, knew how to press talk and end. <laughs> And that's probably it. I don't know for sure, but I'm just, I'm guessing. And that's awesome. So he came up today and he, well, he knew that he needed to pick up Karen in Rivas, which is a small town, you know, about 40 minutes away. She was taking the bus there. So I was like, how are you going to get in touch with her? He's like, well, I'm going to go down to Republica, which is a little bar in town at 430 and she's going to call there and I'll, I'll be able to talk to her (laughs) there. So I let him, uh, I let him use my phone to call her and he couldn't get her. So I sent her a text message. It was like, hey, Jerry's with me. Call. So she called, and she was crossing the border. So he had to run. Uh, the, the point of my story is that he came, and he did a quick story. Uh, we cooked some lunch, and then he had to run. So 
I'm going to play this one story for you, and he's going to be back. He said he wants to come do some more. But uh, it's, it's a hilarious story about him basically playing Smokey and the Bandit um, back whenever the Canadian brewers uh, went on strike. And so all of his family couldn't get beer. So he was on vacation. He had this bright idea to, uh, to bring some beer back and um, distribute it to all his, his loved ones. So without further ado, here's the story. Um, when he sat down, I didn't, didn't make him like interview him or ask his name or anything. I just sat down and he started telling the story outside. So I just, we sat down and he just started telling the story because I didn't want to miss it. And he said he's got stories that blow this one out of the waters. And I believe it too. I've heard a bunch of them. And I, every time I hear one, I think, man, I, I wish it was being recorded because they're Stories that movies can be made about. It's really funny. So without further ado, here's Jerry and me talking about Smokey and the Bandit Canadian style. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? I knew everybody was dry up in Vancouver uh, because of a liquor uh, beer strike through the whole lower main or all of BC. Either you had to go down to the States, if you can get through the border, you could get a beer or two by the time you get down there. So I planned my holiday to go down through the States and go over the Cascade Mountains. And uh, I ended up stopping to pick up groceries at a Safeway store there. And be damned, a guy came out with a pallet full of no <laughs> brand beer. It just said beer on the can? No brand. Just said no brand. The, no the can br- said no brand. Not not the can itself. The cases that they were in. Uh huh. And so what did the can say? Nothing. There was nothing printed on them. Okay. <laughs> They're just silver cans. Right. And uh, so, and then he hung up the price thing uh, amount on it, and it was two ninety nine. A 24-pack. <laughs> well, I thought, wow, that's unbelievable. I think they would never, ever dream of thinking that they're not going to drink this beer because it's not their brand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I ended up getting 20, I mean 12 24-packs. 12, 24 packs. So it was like 288 beer. Is that about something like that? Uh, I, I was, my mind was in the fact of uh, where <laughs> I was going to put this with two kids in a camper okay. and going across the border. <laughs> and I put it all on the floor. It fit exactly the same floor plan 
when I packed it in there, there was a rug that was on a linoleum, but we took the rug out and we put the beer down and the rug on the back up on top. And when we got to the border, uh, did you, you know, they asked you all these crazy questions, but most of them are, yeah. <coughs> or no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I got a few cases of beer, and the guy told me, that, well, you better drive over here. So I went over there and parked, and uh, this guy that came out, he looked a little bit like Colonel Saunders, an old guy with these dark glasses, like Coke bottle ends. <laughs> and uh, he opened, I opened the camper door, he looked in, he looked up and seen my two kids up in the thing there. That's what interested him most. Like I say, he was old, kids interest you. And uh, he says, okay, have a nice trip. <laughs> Didn't look inside or anything? No, the floor was there, the rug was there. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing looked bad. I guess he figured it was all right. But anyways, I made it across the border, and uh, I got to this one sign. And, or, yeah, I got this one sign that went over the Cascade Mountains, I believe, that said 73 miles to the next gas station. <laughs> and I look at my tank, and I got, oh, an eighth of a tank over three quarters. I got no problem, I don't think. <laughs> so away I went. But I could actually watch the gas gauge <laughs> go down, going up this hill. You think it was because all the extra weight from the beer? Is that why you think it just got worse all of a sudden? That actually probably had a lot to do with <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> That's a lot of weight. Yeah, it is a lot of weight. Uh, yeah, 12, uh, 24 packs. Um, that's that's 48 cases to me up in Canada. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of beer. That's why. That's why it happened. <laughs> All right, 24 cases. But anyways, <clears throat> um, I started getting a little leery on, on, on this gas gauge going down because I only had 73 miles, but all the signs that were going by weren't adding up to what I thought I would <laughs> would have. And uh, uh, I'm going, oh, geez. I got so worried about it that I actually pulled over and stopped and figured that maybe if I let the engine cool down <laughs> and, and my myself will enjoy a bit of a swim. And the wife had no idea what was going no on. No one had any idea. You don't want to share shit like that <laughs> when you're in the midst of it. <laughs> Everybody panics. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I stopped, and we're, we're, uh, there was a, like a back getty on the river that was along the side of the road. And uh, so we got into the pond there, and fuck, it, it was, oops, sorry. No, no, you can cuss, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was a beautiful little spot. It was, it was a real hot day, and with the cold, cool water, and under the trees and the breeze. And yeah, I was cooled down, but it didn't answer my prayers yet. I'm not over the mountain. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, away we went. And uh, now we get up to the dam. And I'm going, oh, geez. We're... So like, how far do you think you are from the gas station at this time? From the dam to... 
uh, wit, I think it was called Witdrop or Wit, wit yeah, Witdrop. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the neighborhood of 15 miles or okay. 20 miles. So it's still too far to walk. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. still, and it's hot. You're at the top of this mountain now. You got this big, big, well, you're not up there yet. We're at the dam that's at mid, probably, or a little higher. It's a high dam. It's a big dam. Right. And uh, uh, so I stopped off there, and I'm going, oh, Jesus, I, I hope I'm at the top now. And I pull out of there, and we're still going up. <laughs> <laughs> and now the gas gauge is coming down slowly past empty. And I'm going, oh, geez, hmm. Now what do I do? Do I go back to the dam? Maybe I can get some gas off somebody. <laughs> but there, there before me, it looked like the crest of the hill. Get up to it, and I started just coasting down. I wouldn't put no gas on whatsoever. I even tried turning the engine off, but that didn't work very good. Power <laughs> steering's a bitch. No brakes, huh? No uh, power steering's a power bitch. Steering. <laughs> So the wife, is she starting to catch on by this time? She says, no, she asked me what I was doing. I said, no, I'm just try, trying things out. <laughs> <laughs> and now we roll down. We, we're coming into Withdrop. And I didn't know what to expect there. I've never been there before. But it's, it's on a, um, say, eight, eight feet below the grade of the road that comes up to the main part of the street. And there's a stop sign there. But coming in, I could see a gas station on the right side. And I'm going, oh man, <laughs> I gotta get up that grade, that small grade <laughs> there and round the corner. And you were out of gas by now? You were, not, yet, not yet, not quite yet. I was in the motion of being, I, I, I started uh, coming up towards the hill, <laughs> and all of a sudden, there was a sputter. <laughs> and I, I went, oh, no, thinking to myself, I got to blow this stop sign. <laughs> and tours, fuck, they were coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> and I laid on the horn. My wife looked at me. Started giving me everything in the book <laughs> and screeching around this corner and right up into the gas station beside the pump. And I said, We're out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, it was wow. But it ended up good. Yeah. <laughs> so she couldn't be. She wasn't mad at you because you're you're good to go. Oh, when don't they get mad? <laughs> <laughs> that's another subject. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good story. <laughs> but that's not the end of it. Oh no. Okay. I got. Uh, we stayed the one night. That one night in um, Osuias. And uh, it was like I was in a freaking kettle. <laughs> it was so freaking hot. In the hotel, hotel room? No, in a camper, oh. right on the lake. <laughs> and it was like 
hot. Wait, so was the camper still full of beer at this point? Oh, yeah. How, how did you work around all the beer? Walked on top. <laughs> you just walked on top of all the cans? All the cans, just like a floor. <laughs> the rug was on top. How of did it. you open cabinets? Were the cabinets open? Uh, the, the one I, I'd have to uh, take out, take but I wouldn't. <laughs> the first time I had to take it out, I lifted it out, and I said, now they'll stay out. They'll stay out, right? Gotcha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, it, did, uh, it never interrupted the fridge, so that was all, all right. And there were always cold beer in the fridge, I bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. In the freezer, I used to. <laughs> yeah. How long did those beer last year? Well, I probably drank maybe a because tw- I stopped drinking a lot then. Okay, you'd already stopped drinking. Yeah, I was, I was basically right off booze at that time. So I probably drank eight beer out of the 24-pack out of my whole trip because I always had a Coca-Cola. Right. When I got to my uncle, and uh, um, he's living up in um, what a place called Rock Creek. It's a lot higher. It's above uh, Asuya's. And... Um, they got a, a valley that runs through there. It's called Kettle Valley River. So anyways, we were at the top, sitting beside this river. And, he's, uh, and we drive... Oh, no, we, we, he was sitting beside the uh, river when we came in, drove in. And uh, he gets up and he walks over to me. And he, I says, Unc, I says, I got a surprise for you. And... <laughs> And he goes, uh, there's nothing that can surprise me now. Of course, he was cranky. Uh, right. He liked his beer. And uh, when I opened up the camper and lifted up the rug in front of him, <laughs> he's, he's, he couldn't believe it. You, 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 you got that? You actually got that over the border? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, well, here it is. And uh, he says... Oh, man, I'd like to crack in one of those. And I said, no, <laughs> you don't get one. Well, what are, you, what are you talking about? No. You wouldn't, you wouldn't light up with me last time. <laughs> I'm guaranteed that you'll light up with me this time. Right. <laughs> so did he? Oh, yeah, and he's been smoking ever since. Really? And that was the first time he had smoked? That's the first time he smoked. <laughs> And so he smoked with you, you gave him the beer? I gave him about four 24-packs. Oh, okay. And you kept the rest? Well, no, then I went on to other uh, aunts and uncles and friends. Oh, okay, just delivered it all? Yeah. Like freaking Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. What an awesome story, right? So after that story, Jerry said, let's go outside and, you know, so he can have a cigarette break. So I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. So we went out there. We smoked a cigarette, and then we just got to talking, and then we never <laughs> never came back in. He's like, oh, man, I got to go pick up Karen. So he hauled us out of here and um, says he wants to come back. So I really hope he does, man. I know, I know he's got some really good stories. So 
Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm also going to have a guy named Chris coming up. I think it'll be the next one. Um, Chris, well, I don't want to go into too much detail, but he, is, um, he gets paid to party. Let's just put it that way. Professional partier, I think, is going to be the title. There's a guy named Burt Kreischer who's a stand-up comic, and uh, he wrote a book called The Life of the Party. He was named uh, like the world's biggest party animal in like 1999 or something by Playboy magazine. And it took me a while after I met Chris. Like we always kind of hit it off, and he's a really awesome guy. But it took me a while that it finally hit me that he reminds me of Burt Kreischer because he's funny. He's like the life of the party. Everyone likes hanging out with him. And he will tell you exactly what's going on. Like, doesn't hide anything, doesn't, you know, doesn't try to be someone he's not. It's just extremely real. And so uh, stay tuned for that. I don't know. It'll hopefully be in the next week or so by the time I get it recorded and get it up. So check that out. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out our website, nikasaleandsurf.com, or shoot us an email, nikasaleandsurf at gmail.com. And then check out my blog, Brandon the Harper dot blogspot.com www or be faster if you just say worldwide web dot brandon the harper dot blogspot.com the whole uh, abbreviation thing it's faster just to say worldwide web than it is to say www so check that out thanks for listening i hope these things are getting better i'm feeling a little bit better about them but i still feel awkward staring into a computer screen talking to a mic using a bunch of hand gestures that no one can see. Well, except for the NSA who's hacked my camera, I'm sure. Thanks again. Keep it tranquilo. Talk to you next time. <laughs>